Hello, everybody. Ciao, ragazzi. It's the Milan Guys podcast, episode 25. We're the Milan Guys here with a very special guest, Marco Pamieri, City A commentator for Marco. Who, who do you who do you commentate for? There's so many different channels. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, officially we do the world feed. So yeah. basically, whoever picks us up gets the option to listen to the English language. Uh, and yeah, uh, and so yeah. So yeah, so, so in Canada for the zone and, and TLN, I listen to Marco a lot. I, I watch many matches with him, and it's honestly it's an honor for you to come on the show. I, you know, you, it's it's hilarious when you hear a voice on in a, in a match, and then you actually talk to talk to you on a, on a computer or whatever. It's like, wow, okay, sounds it's different. Yeah, right? no, I, I've, I've had the same experience with uh, plenty of um, yeah, exactly. of journalists that I've uh, listened to many years, over, and then you know you finally get to meet them or you listen to them, and exactly. It's, it's, it's strange, I know. <laughs> I, I'm also with TMG, Marco. Marco, what's going on? There's two Marcos on today. <laughs> so, you know what? Let's get right into it. Briefly, Milan, fantastic results. Every single podcast, every week we're doing, it's positive. You know, after a beautiful three, a comeback win yesterday against Parma, 3-1, after going down for a, a nice goal from Kurtic, um, we came back with... A, Beautiful! Oh my God, that, that goal from Kessie was outstanding, absolutely phenomenal. A curler to the uh, top right corner off the posted hand. He, he looked like Seydorf. Um, and then uh, that Alessio Romagnoli, the captain, scored his first goal of the season, and followed by Hakan, who had a very good match with a goal and two assists yesterday. Um, TMG Marco, I guess I'll ask you first. You watch the match, and what are your, any thoughts on Parma Milan quickly? The first half, uh, we had so many chances, and I thought we were going to get a goal sooner or later. But uh, when I saw Palmer scored, I was very disappointed because we should have had at least two goals in by then. Yeah, for sure. I think the second half, I think Pioli, he changed the team. He got them you know, moving more forward, making those shots worth it, and they came back second half controlling the entire game. And we, like you saw with Kessie's first goal tying it, and then Romagnoli... And then we got the last goal from Chanologu. We just kept on attacking and attacking. So I think that was very positive from the team. Great reaction from one nothing down. Yeah. Were you able to watch the match, Marco? Unfortunately, no. Um, I was in the booth next to Owen Nielsen, who was oh. covering that match. So occasionally okay. I listened to him uh, yell. <laughs> um But uh, no, I was preparing another match last night. So Did I didn't you... get to see. I saw the goals, though, and I've yeah. seen highlights. You yeah. see that? What do you think of that? Like Kessie goal, he's really played. Very, he's played very, since the restart. He looks like a different player. Yeah, no, Milan are absolutely a perfect team right now. It, it's it's hard to describe them in any other way. They have such a great mental attitude going into their into the, into all of their matches, and you can tell when they even going down a goal against Parma or two goals against Juventus. You just you know they're, they're, changed dramatically in that aspect of their game, in their mental approach. And no one other than, you know, Frank Kessie can exemplify that. He is just, uh, he's put that, you know, his partnership with Ben Asser, you know, he's, he's constantly um, being selected now with um, with Ben Asser and, and I think they're both doing exceptionally well. And the whole team has just gone along with it and they're all playing yeah. well. And, and, yeah, you've got to really put your hats off to, to Pioli at the moment how he's managed yeah. to turn this team around. It's uh, it's quite exceptional. No, you know what? It's, you know, I think Kessie, and the, the problem is, is that when he, when he played with, when he was at Atalanta and his first, I think it was his first season in Serie A, we bought him the next year after that. Um, I believe, and uh, people were talking about this on Twitter yesterday, 
that he actually like he was shining in a double pivot role and you know and ever since he joined Milan our formation has predominantly uh, been 4-3-3 so he kind of played like an advanced Mezzala role which is not that's not what he was used to playing um but now he's in a double pivot again and you can see how he's more comfortable and again he's a physical beast right he keeps he runs for 90 minutes he doesn't get tired um but especially with a guy like Benacer who's more finesse who who's great on the ball he has a great first touch Kessie doesn't have to play with the ball as much you know what I mean he doesn't have to you know he doesn't have to beat men he has to just play simple passes and stay in position and cover the wing when needed and stuff like that which I think he's excelling in obviously and he said in an interview today actually he was praising Pioli saying that he's he's taught me what I need to do and and what works and it's really helped me and honestly, like, again, I wouldn't have said this at the beginning of the season, but for me, Kessie's unsellable when he's playing like this. You can't, there's, there's, he's 23 years old too. So there's only, you only get better, you hope. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. incredible when you think about his age. Yeah, you're right. And you know, he was very strong with Atalanta and Milan, you know, thought they'd picked up a, a great buy and it's taken, taken a while, but yeah, now he's putting it together. Um, yeah, it was interesting to hear Pioli's words last night as well when he came out and said that they didn't always get along that well. Um, yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, you need time. Was uh, Bilia, like, of course, I prefer Ben Asser right next to Kessie, but just witnessing, like, we need rotation in the team. And that's key. Yeah. He's been playing a lot. And then I, I understand that Bilia was playing starting right, right off the bat. But just seeing Bilia, he was not the same as Benasur, of course, and he was at fault. I, I would say I, I would blame uh, Bilia for the first goal because that marking left the guy open, which yeah, Ramagnoli alone. Yeah, I'm like I was definitely saying to myself, I'm like if Benasur was there instead, that goal would not have happened. Mm-hmm. So it was great to see Benasur come in second half, and you saw the change how those two in the pivot rolled together, Benasur and Kessie, just phenomenal. And I, me personally, I don't want to see Billy on the field again because I just <laughs> mentally he's just not there physically. Uh, but uh, we just need that duo together, Benasser and Kessie. Yeah, and uh, we're just going to see Kessie shine even more. It's tough, right? Like, and again, Milan have obviously lacked in depth over the last, you know, well, a lot of people call it the banter era. Okay, on Twitter, I guess. I don't know, Marco. Have you heard that term before? The banter era. Have you heard that? No, no, I, no never, so I guess it's like a, that's like a Twitter thing. So it's called the banter era because of this. Like, I'll, I guess since the since the Scudetto win in 2011, um, I guess in the Champions League, yeah, I guess we made the Champions League in 2013. So ever since then, it's kind of been you know downhill. But the teams are actually we we actually are better than we were four or five years ago when our star midfielder was Andrea Poli. Um, but obviously. Uh, you know, you look at squad depth and you look at a team like, you know, obviously I hate to talk about it, but Juve, they have a lot of depth in their team. And, you know, like yesterday I was watching Juve Sassuolo, they bring on Douglas Costa. He starts on every single City A team, you know what I mean? So it's like, wow. Um, that's obviously a thing that we have to improve and hopefully in the project it includes that. But, okay, so we talked about Parma Milan. Uh, we'll we'll dive for a few minutes into Milan-Napoli. Um with 2-2 on the weekend, which, again, another good result for Milan, in my opinion. The San Paolo, it's very tough to win there. And Napoli are in pretty decent form, I'd say. They lost Atalanta. Marco, the other Marco, did you watch that match, Milan-Napoli, on the weekend? Or were you on call for somewhere I else? I watched that uh, match. It was uh, really great. 
No, the I, other man. No, not, not you. Not you. Not you. The other yeah. Man. yeah, no, I did watch Milan Napoli. I enjoyed it a lot. It was great. So were you, um, I feel like it was a pretty open game, open match. It's pretty entertaining. To yeah, see. absolutely. Now I know Napoli, not to be underestimated. You know, they yeah. they came into it full of confidence as well, and and you know, basically, you're both fighting for fifth place. I yeah. Think, and. And there's a lot to play for. Like that's an important position when you look at the Europa League for next year. You don't want to be in sixth or, or seventh. I guess it depends where Napoli <laughs> end well, up. But, um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I think it's uh, definitely within Milan's uh, reach, and especially you know, no harm done. Yeah, it was exactly. uh, it was uh, it was a good result for Milan. No, for sure. And you know what? It's it's a, it's a tight race because Roma uh, Roma won yesterday, but it's actually there's a lot of controversy. I don't know if you saw the highlights, but. The penalty, Jordan Vertu penalty, was very controversial. And Hellas Verona, I think Juric, the coach, got sent off uh, after the penalty call. They were very mad about it. Um, the Roma won, and they are, I believe, four points up on Napoli and Milan for the fifth spot. But you look at the schedule, and Roma have a pretty tough go. They still have Juve and Inter, I believe. Um, yeah, they play Inter on the weekend. Inter next week, yeah. So, And then you look at Napoli's schedule, they're a little bit like... You know, looking obviously the the mat the game is played on the field. I understand, but you look at the schedules and Milan. If we can take advantage and secure the points, um, we have a better looking schedule than Napoli and Roma. I think Napoli play Lazio and Inter. I think Lazio Inter. I think Napoli play. Yeah. I believe so. And we our hardest match left. Obviously, who I think is the best Serie A team this season. We play Atalanta. It's going to be a tough match. They play. I've never seen a team play football like Atalanta. Marco, I don't know about you, but I, I guess, have you gotten a few of Atalanta's matches recently? Because they they shine yeah. every game. It's just constant, constant attack, attack, attack. It's crazy. They're, it's, they're the know. pride of Italy right now. They're really? Not, you just can't stop talking about Atalanta. Everybody loves to see them. And they were, you know, it was so disappointing, I guess, from a from a neutral point of view, um, to see <laughs> the match against Juventus where oh, know. You know, they, oh, they did no. everything right to win that match. They are <sighs> absolutely, yeah. Oh, no, I, Marco, the, that match, in my, I, I watched the match and, Obviously, you did it too. And Juve weren't scoring any goals that match if it wasn't for the if it weren't for the penalties. Atalanta were going to win that match hands down. They did everything they, they had to do. They, yeah. I, I think the the Zapata goal, I believe. I, I don't think I don't think Juve touched the ball in Atalanta's half for like eight minutes or something like something like that. I think I think you know seven minutes or something. I, I saw a, a video on Twitter. It was like a fast forward sped up video, and Juve literally couldn't touch the ball in their half. Atalanta were just playing mesmerizing football and. Look at the wage bill. I think Ronaldo makes more money than all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, probably. Yeah, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's so we have, yeah. So that's a tough match for Milan, but we got uh, Bologna on the weekend. But Bologna, a team like Bologna, is a team that's a wild card. They can come out and, and look great, but then you see them lose to like a Lecce kind of thing, right? They tied against Inter, so oh, actually Napoli. No, so, they they no, beat Inter. They, they beat Inter with they ten men. Yeah. They beat Inter and they tied Napoli. So we faced them next, and I'm like, I'm nervous for Bologna because Mialovic is a great coach. They got a good team, Bologna, and what they have yeah. done the past couple of games, Milan have to be ready. They can't just go in thinking it's going to be an easy win. So yeah, they definitely have to prep. And then Luca, you made a point before me and you spoke uh, prior. Or you made a comment on Twitter, but that penalty at the end with Ronaldo, that kind of who knows? I think maybe that might be the penalty that gives Juventus the scudetto. I, I honestly, I, I truly think, and, and Marco, you, we were talking me and Marco before you joined in, um, that uh, 
I believe that penalty to make it two two that 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 wins the scudetto for them because if not, you know, Atlanta get three points and suddenly they're four points back of Juve and Juve have a tougher schedule than Atlanta, you know. So it's kind of it's tough and it, obviously I, I'd love to see someone else other than Juve. I think Atlanta truly deserve a scudetto. I, I truly believe it. Um, I think they've been the best team in City A this season. I, I I've watched you. I've I watch all the matches of everybody. And yeah, Atlanta plays yeah. football that is unmatched. They've dropped some. They dropped some uh, cheesy points earlier in the season. They lost to Spal, and uh, they lost to I, I want to say Torino too in the first leg. I be, I don't know because they literally got a hat trick against Torino in the, in the return leg, I believe. But anyway, Atlanta are a tough, really really tough team. And mm. and then we also play Sassuolo next week, who, as you've seen against Juve yesterday, Sassuolo can play. And they have a very good starting eleven with Jeremy Boga, uh, Domenico Ballardi, Locatelli, Caputo. Chicho Caputo is the Fanta Calcio <laughs> legend. He scores, every, <laughs> scores every game. He's a great player. He scores every yeah. game. He does a celebration with his hand. They, uh, with the, with the, the pinky and the thumb out, he does that. <laughs> He's the Fanta Calcio legend. Um, yeah, Sassuolo aren't going to be easy, absolutely. So, yeah, Milan have got three very tough matches, I think, in the next uh, the next week. And then they finish it off with Sampdoria and Cagliari, who basically won't have anything to play for. So yeah. they've got to make sure that they, you know, they keep their concentration levels high in the next, you know, the next week. And See, yeah. I, I reckon that, five, that fifth place is, is theirs for the taking. Roma, I can't see them... Um, well, at least, I don't know, it's going to be strange to see them against uh, against Inter. I think two sides that are so inconsistent, it's, it's difficult to predict yeah. that one. But, um, but you know, it, it's not uh, beyond the realms of possibility that they drop points against Inter and, and then later on in the season. So, yeah, yeah I think exactly. Milan have got a good chance of finishing fifth. Yeah. You know what, though? It's And again, Marco, you follow Serie A for so many more, more years than I have. But in this Milan, the last couple of years of when they've struggled, it's the points that we've dropped against someone like Sampdoria and Cagliari that ruined the, that that ruins our chances of a top four finish, right? So yeah, always... you can say that about any team. Basically. I know, That's I know. Not Juventus, I right? Know, now. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I know. think to win the to win this Scudetto, you've got to beat those teams like and yeah. consistently. Well, I always say, right? It's not about the team. It's not about the matches against the top three opponents. Like obviously, when you play like a Lazio or you very Inter, you want to beat them. But if you lose that match. And they're ahead of you. That that doesn't mean as much as you dropping points at teams you're supposed to beat, right? You're you're supposed to beat Spal, you're supposed to beat Lecce, and when you drop those points, that's when it really kills you, right? It really kills your uh, momentum and confidence, and 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 then the team starts doubting themselves um, against in a, every other match, right? Because they, they failed against a team where it's a weaker opponent and. Again, the wage bill is three times or yeah. four times. But, but that's always been one of the attractions of Serie A exactly. in general. No, there are no easy beats. Um, any, any team can beat any other on, my day, on their day. Um, so, unfortunately, if you, if, unless you're a Juventus fan, um, <laughs> like having one team dominate for so long you know, can basically put, uh, put that argument to rest. But, but I don't know. I think... Um, you know, uh, we've just been in that situation where economically there's no, there hasn't been any other team to compete with with yeah. Juventus. But um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and, so they yeah. have they have you know a very long squad. They have amazing substitutes, as you mentioned before, Douglas Costa. Who knows how long he's going to accept that role as a super sub Not for long. somebody? <laughs> Not long. So, 
Not long. Yeah. He's a good player. I mean, he he's had injury problems, but he's a good player. Normal, yeah. Right. His pace. Also, guys, I have a great question for you guys. Against the Napoli game, what I'm hearing was that when Zlatan was subbed off, he kind of got into a scruffle with Pioli that he was upset that he was subbed I off. I saw that. Early, right? I saw and that. I'm hearing that he kicked the water bottle and he was frustrated. So then when yesterday we saw against Parma that he played the full game, which yeah. I was very surprised. Now, do you think Zlatan is going to be playing majority of the game now, or is he going to still play like maybe 50, 60 minutes? I don't know. Like, it's like the Zlatan situation is so tough. And Marco, I guess you might have some inside sources around Milano, but what's the word with Zlatan over there? Like, it's who knows? And no one knows. It's like, because with Zlatan, typical Zlatan, he would say, hey, guys, by the way, I'm not playing here again next year. And then you'll see five days later him sign a two-year contract. <laughs> That's Zlatan, right? But yeah, what's going I on? think he's, he, um, you know, he's, in, he's, he's having fun. That's one yeah. thing at the moment that you can definitely tell, like, you know, the fact that, it, that he's, he's, when he's playing, he enjoys himself and he likes to be a motivator. Even when he gets yeah. substituted, substituted, he's always there giving advice. He's always um, a big part of the team, and, and he's made his presence felt. And he wants, he wants to continue that if he can. But at the moment, there's so much uncertainty around the club, uh, as not just from, um, from the coaching point of view with Pioli, but just as managerial. And, you know, and the ownership is it's, – it's always interesting when you've got a hedge fund or an equity fund yeah. is that's, uh, that's own, yeah, owning your club. Sure. I'm not sure we are. I'm not sure. What yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm sure that that would have a lot to do with what Zlatan decides next season. But uh, at the moment, I think he has contributed for sure to, oh. to the success. Well, we were talking about the mentality, right, of Milan. And, and in your opinion, do you think that – this mentality of you know coming down from 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 behind against Napoli against thing against Parma, do you think that that's that's the Zlatan effect? Like, do you think he's had that much of an effect on the squad that he's he's like a player coach, right? Like he coaches on the sideline, he on the field. Even, it's hilarious. Even when it's his fault, like the play, like if he, if he makes a mistake, he he's telling guys with his hands what to do. It's like, hey, you made the mistakes, Zlatan. Yeah, you hear you yelling, which is. Why is <laughs> Wow, he's frustrated out there. He's yelling at Cassie, trying to logo. Yeah. The only thing is that, like, with Zlatan, he looks like he looks good. To, to, don't be wrong. He doesn't look 38. The only thing is that why would he want to go and, like, I feel like he'd, he'd want to play important matches still. If he, if he stays with Milan this season, if we give him the chance, if we want, obviously, if the manager wants him, and Ragnik, if he wants him, um, I feel like he'd love, he, he thrives in under pressure. Like, you saw him against Lazio and Juve. Against Juve, he was. I don't know if Marco, I don't know if you saw this against Juve in the 4-2 win. He was like into it on the bench with some Juve players. And he was like, he was into it. He he was yeah. laughing when he scored his penalty. I feel like he I feel like he's not done playing important matches yet, you know? I I don't know. I feel like it'd be in his best interest to stay at a club that has could play important matches next season. Where is he gonna go after this? He's gonna go back to Sweden in the, the club he owns, a hammer hemo. Hemoboria, <laughs> I got, I'm not sure. I, I just, I feel like he's yeah, it's an interesting one. I, um, like, I, I don't know. He just wants to, I guess, feel important. I think at this yeah. point of his career, he just knows that you know wherever he goes, as long as he's a part of the the team. I mean, at the moment, I, I can't see him playing full matches, you know, for too much longer. It's the, I mean, the other night. So he did actually play a full match last night. That's that's news to me. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I didn't yeah. think he'd manage, yeah. but. Yeah, he's got a, you know, he's, it's, 
it's a good thing, I guess. Maybe he had a word to to Pioli. Uh, if he can do it, then he then he has to. Maybe there's uh, other circumstances around that, that that Pioli, you know, accepted and said, okay, I'll, I'll let you play for the whole match. But well, I mean, uh, if if he if he really is leaving in a couple of matches, then you know what? Let him play. <laughs> let him mm-hmm. play then, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So he was hinting towards um, never playing. Oh, you know, not playing know. again. I think retiring as well at yeah, the end of the season. So there was a, a post match interview that he did on DAZN here. Uh, I think it was. I saw that. Um, I saw uh, yeah, that. yeah, exactly. So uh, he did hint that it wasn't uh, explicit, but he said, you know, maybe it's the last opportunity that you'll get to see me play live. You know, or anyone. So it's a shame yeah. that there aren't fans yeah. to watch a match like uh, the the Juventus match. Oh that, my that was goodness. A big, Disappointment, but hey, 83,000 people at the San Siro watching Juventus Milan or Milan Juventus. I think I I had the privilege of commentating a match actually when Locatelli scored the winner. Oh, (laughs) that was a few years back. You were the voice in that match. I I remember now, yes, 2016, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that last saved by Kadira. Oh my yeah. god, a beautiful save. Oh, save. Oh. And Marco, I don't know if you remember, but Galliani, right after the match, final whistle, Galliani with the yellow tie was standing up celebrating. He was just <laughs> <laughs> Galliani with a lucky yellow tie. You never caught him without a yellow tie. In a, no, in a, exactly. Mercato or tough or a big match. Um, so I guess, you know, we talked about that. Marco, I want to focus on on your career with, with City A and everything. Just uh, how long? Tell us how long you've been you've been doing this in Italy, and and tell us what it what it what it means to to you know commentate a match, especially like at a, you were saying you did Juve Milan the Coppa Italia first leg in February, which was I believe was sold out. Um, yeah, what, yeah. What, what does it mean? Like, how does it feel? What does it mean to? to, to um, I, I don't know. It's, it's it's a difficult uh, question to answer because I I still kind of don't really think it's of it as a, as a career. Oh, <laughs> I um, I studied I studied uh, other stuff. I, I I work for a bank. I'm in IT. I <laughs> do nice. other things. But um, and this was an opportunity that just came when I moved to Italy like 15 years ago. Um, so I, I took it. I thought, yeah, I'll give that a go. I grew up in Australia watching Italian football. I loved it. Me and my dad would, would wait up, you know, very late at night to watch matches and or wake up in the morning to watch whoever. And yeah, we, um, so it was always a part of my life just watching Italian football, but from a very long way away. And then when I moved here, this kind of, opportunity came came up and I thought, yeah, I'll give it a go. And so it just kind of grew from there. But we never I never expected it to 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 become what it has. And I know it it you know, I basically traveled around Italy just going to stadium to stadium every weekend with with Richard and Paul uh Owen, you know, and, and all the other uh Serie A commentators that I'm sure you you know. Um yep. Uh, so yeah, it's all uh, still still a bit of a dream, but um, yeah, I love doing it. I'll keep doing it, even the, the smaller matches. You know, if I get the chance to do them, uh, I just enjoy watching football and watching all sports, to be honest. So yeah, um, that's, that's my story. <laughs> that's awesome. You know what, yeah. Marco? It's funny you say that, but like the small, like you know what? I have. Uh, I was talking to a few friends, and I have like a like obviously I'm in Canada, and you know I I've always had a dream like you know going to Italy for uh, like eight months and just following a city ass season, you know, going to different cities and going to matches, obviously it's tough. It's a tough uh, dream, but it'd be, it'd be cool. But I have a soft spot for, 
like um you know what's what's rent like like a to watch like a leche a leche versus brescia just like a simple like a provinciale yeah match. you know it's oh, that, like, that's where you get the real emotion it's, it's true, it's true. So it's leche, true you know the via del mar is an incredible stadium it's, oh it's, my it's god always, <laughs> it's always such a passionate place it's, and, it's right yeah, on the yeah, water yeah. right on the water right it's right near the water yeah it's close the via del mar yeah yeah the mar yeah um yeah, so I guess there's just I love those small little state like obviously San Siro and uh, the Stadio Olimpico. Obviously, these are fantastic historic stadiums, but you know you don't get the true, you know the provinciale feel. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just it's so, and I I love watching uh like you know a Spal a Spal Lecce or you know what well, actually the big match coming up next week Lecce Genoa, which is going to be huge for the relegation battle. Do you have that match? Yeah, Do you have that um, match. No, no, I'm doing uh, Spal Brescia, I think, on, uh, oh, on Spal Sunday. Brescia. <laughs> that's another great. Hey, see, that's, hey, yeah, that's I think they're both, yeah, Maybe they'll get a chance to, to save themselves, but uh, at the moment they're not looking too good. Um, I mean, I yeah, no, Lecce, their season's riding on that match, absolutely. Yeah. I think I'm uh, for the Sampdoria and the Genoa game. That's going to be great. That's going to be a good derby. That's like those are the games that, you know, it's not a Milan versus Juventus, but that other derby right there is just a beautiful thing to watch and just shows you the passion in uh, Serie A. And on the yeah. month, I do have to say, I give you so much credit waking up like late at night because I do have family members in Australia and they tell me the pains that they got to wake up so early just to watch the city. Oh, but back in the day, yeah, I guess, yeah, because yeah. yeah, is it 24 hours ahead of us? So I guess 12 hours ahead of Italy or? Yeah, there's a nine, eight hour difference, I guess, depending eight on hours. what type of what time or what part of the year it is. But yeah, wow. so it was four thirty in the morning usually. <laughs> oh my to, god! Um, yeah, for the big matches. Um, yeah. So on a Monday morning, so I'd basically get up, go to bed a bit early, and then go to school yeah. after watching yeah. the match. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> you know what? That you know what? That that's actually not too bad. You watch the match and then go to school. That's like, that's yeah. actually not too bad of a. You yeah. don't miss. You don't miss the match. True. True, um, I guess even like the Champions League fixtures, they were probably what? They were probably yeah, what time? Same time of day. Yeah, oh, no, same morning. time of day. Wow. Mm. Um, so were you, was your time when you were, were you like 90s? Were you, were you 80s, 90s? Oh, I started following Italian football in 84. Yeah, okay. I think. So it was. You um, were, so you remember like, you know, the great Milan and Van Basten and stuff like that. You were. Yeah, you were, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, George, George yeah. Weyer was George big, Weyer. big idol of mine when yeah. I was a kid. I mean, I, I came to Italy, I think the first time I went to the San Siro was in 95. Wow. So, Did you see but, Maldini, Baresi? Yeah, 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 yeah. So wow. Baggio was playing. Wow. And oh, Roberto Baggio. For Milan. Oh, it was uh, actually, I remember it was Milan Cremonese. My, my, my cousin took me to see a match and yeah, it was uh, quite amazing. emotional. But, but I'd been following yeah. Italian football before then because I'd, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd come and visit. And, yeah, and isn't, it hilarious, isn't yeah. it hilarious that you went to go watch the match there and now you're, you, you know, you're in the stadium in a packed stadium and you're the English voice for it, right? <laughs> yeah. Hilarious, right? Crazy how life how life takes you to different opportunities and stuff. Um, Absolutely. So yeah. So I, I guess well, one simple question: How good was Marco van Basten? Because obviously, it's I'm too young for it. But how good was mm. it? Was he it? was brilliant. But you know, his career got cut short quite I know. abruptly. I know. But no, I mean, watching him 
for Holland was was quite good, but watching him play Milan in a matches was uh, sensational with Hulit and Rijkaard. Oh, they three were incredible, and then you had the other side of it, of of Milan with the the German trio. Yeah. So it was uh yeah it was it was obviously a great time to be watching Italian football. It was it was like the NBA of uh, yeah. of, of football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, all eyes are watching Italian football back then. Yeah. So so you um. So wait, uh, am I am I wrong? So wait, was it the '94 World Cup that Baggio missed? The '94? Yeah, '94. Okay, so '94. Yeah. So you watched Baggio '95. Were they still uh, were they still angry at him when he had the ball? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, they, they forgave him pretty there's quickly. A of, there's a lot of conspiracy theories that he missed on purpose, eh? Nah, nah. There was also know. well, he was Berezi also missed, and you know, I know. Still... But, but Roberto Baggio was one of the best players in the world. He sky, he, he put it, he put it. I think he put the ball back to, he put it to another stadium. Yeah, but without Baggio, we would not be in the final. So I no, listen. No, Baggio was so good that tournament. I remember watching the video. Yeah. He was so good in that tournament. He was, uh, he was a legend. Yeah. So that's, that's an amazing story, and obviously, I wish I was kind of around to. I, I'm in, I'm 98, so. Um, I briefly remember when Milan were were strong in like 2007, for example. Like I brief, like no, I don't remember too much, but I remember you know winning the Champions League against Liverpool, people and Zaghi at the double. Um, but aside from that, it's kind of been and even for for Marco too. And Marco, you're 99, right? Uh, 98. Are you 98 too? Yeah. Okay. So obviously, it's been a tough go for us for yeah. Milan. Um, so I guess we haven't we haven't done too yeah, much. For us, we're like. Uh, you know, early 2000s, but we were young, but I think young. towards 07, 08, 09, the best was like the Scudetto, right? Ola, uh, 2011, which Ibra. was Ibra, that, you know, Tiago Silva, Nesta, Pirlo, all that, all those guys. Yeah. But after that, it's just a decline and it was awful. Like we've been suffering. So I'm yeah. like, Porto has been the legend, the Dutch trio, Bajo, the greatest team ever to live. And I'm like, we're here. So- Milan, Milan have a very, very big fan base all over the world it, it yeah. is incredible and and it's not one of the you know it's not one of those fan bases that are, are going to die no matter if the results are bad or not they they are there they're just waiting for their moment to to come again it's uh it's a shame that both milan sides have fallen a little bit away in the last 10 years um and, and they haven't won much but there is a big presence around the world and they just and, you know both teams need to tap into that and you know you guys for example are a great example of how it can, you know, just be be great again. I think when you get the influence from a lot of um, foreign, you know, fans, it, they realise that they've got a big support base and they need to be able to exploit that. And and I can see it just from looking at the views on YouTube. You know, how many Milan matches, how many, or even people that read articles online, you get, you know, the the Milan articles are always way way above for any other team it, it's okay Juventus maybe not but the, you just get that feeling despite the fact that they haven't been doing so well on you know, in yeah. results there's there's still a massive community out there and so you know, good good yeah. luck to you guys and well done <laughs> keeping, keeping them united <laughs> hey honestly it's we have a we have a nice Milan club Toronto here in, in Toronto it's very it's actually getting pretty big and uh, Milan came with the Champions League trophy a couple of years ago to the club so it's nice, and there's a lot of clubs in the states too. In New York, Boston. New York, we actually went last summer, and Baresi came, and that was a dream. At first, I was in the bathroom, 
at the event. And all of a sudden, I look over and I'm, I'm like, Badezi's right there taking a piss right next to me. Like, <laughs> what, like, what's going on? <laughs> are you, wait, are you didn't tell me. Are you serious? Uh, no joke, Louis. Yeah, this is what, what he, was in the, what, he was in the urinal right beside you. Yeah, I'm in the urinal. And then, like, the next person right there was taking a piss right next to me. Badezi. <laughs> And I was like, wow, like in my head, I'm like, this is a dream right now. <laughs> oh my God. He's taking no yeah. Way. I said, I, I told Badezi, I'm like, thank you for everything in Italian. And I was like, he was like, oh, no problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very, very I, nice I, think, I think he speaks English too. Eh? I think he does a little he bit. He does. He does. Yeah. He but does. He's, a, he's a pretty good ambassador for Milan. He's always kind of been around. Um, but like you said, like the Milan Club, uh, Toronto, and then you got New York. Those Philly, clubs, Philly too, Boston. Philly has a great one, Boston, Montreal. Montreal those, too. Those type of clubs just bring the fans together. And like uh, Marco is saying, like there's so many fans like us, even younger too, that they're out there. It's just once we come back, I think, especially like a period like now with the articles that are making, you know, people are creating, it just shows you that there are fans out there. And we're just going to – wait until that time comes until we're great again but uh, i think the good times will arrive soon so. yeah well have you, know have you guys downloaded the milan app by the way not yeah. that i want to do yeah. any uh, yeah, yeah, ads yeah. or anything like that yeah yeah, yeah I have so, because it, yeah. there was a lot of talk earlier in the year that they were trying to invest in getting yeah. english language commentary not just oh, the the first yeah. team but also uh like historical matches and the women's team um so it was all going to get broadcast on the app so now i think yeah. even the press conferences are done in english yeah, so, so yeah that's... I think actually it's um, I think it's one of your colleagues who do the voiceover in English. Yeah, Patrick um, Kendrick. Patrick Kendrick. Yeah, I actually. Yeah. Well, I I chat I chatted in DM with Richard and Patrick. I think they're gonna come on the show at some point too in another episode because I, I love all you got you guys all I love all the uh, you guys are all different. I like how you guys are all different voices and it's funny because again I've been watching City on you know in Canada on the things for years now and I, I know all your voices I knew your name because you always say I'm Marco Palmieri so yeah <laughs> some but sometimes the commentators don't say the name at the beginning of the show at the beginning of the, of the game or the end of the match so I'm like okay what's this guy's name again I know his voice I know it's hilarious because I I've watched so much that I literally know what you guys are going to say when there's a good opportunity or something like that and I know like Richard Whittle he has a very um very unique voice like that was a chance and i love it it's great um and i'm gonna have <laughs> yeah. him on the show too but he's a big roma guy um, yeah i guess he would like to talk about roma and the battle of fifth for milan but uh yeah the, the milan i'm actually on it i'm looking at it right now um so they they have like this one pioli talks in the press conferences they have um like an english voiceover i think there's an option you can go to the just the italian version and or the english voiceover um and they have that, like, yeah, that's an example of one way that you can connect with uh, a yeah. worldwide audience. And I think it's the right thing. And they, if they can get more um, uh, images and media that can be published on, on the app, then I think they're going to have a lot more success in, in rounding up numbers and, and improving the, the team. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. With the app, I think they're doing a good job, like you said, with all those images, videos, uh, yeah, I think English. Inter set the standard as far as the, the the media house is concerned. They have their own production company that do all those kind of little tiny yeah. introductions, and so they, they, they've done a very good job in recent years. I thought you had um, done a good job too. Yeah, you do a good job. Yeah, yeah. Marco, what's your thoughts on uh, Rock Nation? Now we signed an agreement, yeah. so we're going to be. I read about that. Yeah, isn't that interesting? It's um one of the it's a public 
public, uh, what do you call it? PR? Yeah, public it's relations. Jay-Z, Jay-Z, you know Jay-Z? Yeah. yeah. It's him. So, I mean, that's great. I think it's great for the club. I mean, kind of gives you some more exposure and more popularity. Absolutely. And maybe, maybe some people in the States will be like, hey, look at this AC Milan club. You know what I mean? AC Milan. <laughs> I remember, like, actually, when I first read it, I thought um, of the one time I went to see a basketball game in New York. I went to see the Brooklyn Nets. And they had uh, – it was – there was a lot of uh, Jay Z influence <laughs> in yeah, the actual no, sure. match, you know, like the, the DJ and the music owner. and the way they. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's, so, yeah, he's part owner then, man. Yeah. So it kind of got me thinking. Okay, do they want to try and uh, <laughs> and yeah. get you know a bit more uh, you know decent music at the stadium? <laughs> 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 I guess for yeah. half time, are we what are we going to say? Is it just yeah. going to be? A yeah. Is that yeah, how yeah. they get to influence? I don't exactly. know. It probably yeah, won't happen know. like that. There's probably yeah, a whole other uh, angle. Yeah, and and that's the thing with and uh, I guess I'm going to ask your thoughts in a couple of minutes. I wanted to ask you about you know, the, and you're in Milan, all right? So you hear a lot of things. I'm sure you have friends in the city who are Milanisti and Interisti. I'm assuming. Um, there's probably even more you've been to, you know, what a lot of, and, and like you're talking about, like the global influence when, when, uh, you San Ronaldo, look how many followers they gained, right? Just from San yeah. Ronaldo. And, and, and now when I'm at work here, when I'm in public here in Canada, I see these guys with Ronaldo, you've just, I'm thinking that guy doesn't watch City. Ah, no way. There's no way he watches City. Ah, right. But he's wearing a Ronaldo Juve jersey, right? Um, yeah. I know like there's like pretty decent Portuguese population in Canada where I am. And I know, that a lot of these like guys that I know from you know school and stuff, they're all posting on Instagram Juve stories. I'm thinking the one time message I said, "Hey, I said you're a Juve fan." He goes, "No, no, like now I am because because of CR7." <laughs> and I go, "I go, I thought you were a Real Madrid fan. What's going on? I, I always knew you as a Real Madrid fan. Now you're so it's kind of like a global influence thing. And I think science, like bringing Ibra back kind of put more eyes on Milan a little bit because everybody you know Ibra is kind of a global character influence you know his interviews he's cocky he's this he's that he's great um and i actually saw uh i don't know marco if you saw when when zlatan was playing mls the galaxy um mm -hmm. his 500th goal was against toronto fc the one we did like a ninja kick a spin ninja kick i don't know if you remember that goal or sure, not sure yeah was, yeah yeah I, I was actually in attendance for that i was wearing my oh, wow. jersey and he scored that goal where he did like a 360 ninja kick and it was just such a Zlatan goal and it was hilarious. We, we actually beat the Galaxy that match, so I was still happy either way. But um, I've seen Zlatan live and just seeing him with Milan again is great. And I think I think it's good for a global influence standpoint too. And people will watch. Like I guarantee you more people watch the Milan-Juve game one four two because it was Zlatan versus Ronaldo, right? Um, yeah. People, yeah. people are interested in that. And that's why like the Premier League, they have it's a lot of it's TV broadcasting, right? And that's why the Premier League is so above um, other leagues because there's so much more money in their TV broadcasting, right? Um, yeah, yeah, they they put a lot of money in the, the, the TV money in England isn't comparable to the money that the Saudi R teams get at the no. moment from for TV, um, and it's yeah. not just the Premier League; it's also the Championship. <laughs> yeah, all the with money. Too. I think I saw that. I think Leeds, so Leeds United. Mm -hmm. I think Leeds is. I think they pay their players more than Atalanta do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know Matteo Bonetti on Twitter? Matteo Bonetti, the sure, he, sure. He, he tweeted. I remember when Atalanta was winning matches in the Champions League. I think he said something like, "Just a reminder uh, that Leeds United have uh, there's more like they, they they have more money on the payroll than than Atalanta do." And it's like, wow, like a team that struggled to get out of the Championship, and it's crazy, like. 
the the team who like, gets relegated from the Premier League is getting more money than like uh, Milan from TV. It's like it's like it's crazy. It, it doesn't uh, in your head. It's like how does that make sense? But obviously, England's done a good job for, and hopefully, Italy can. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I guess from I, again, I've been in Italy many times. I've, I'm Italian Canadian. Italy's kind of I've always kind of uh, considered Italy kind of behind in that standpoint in comparison to other countries like England. Um, but I feel like the example of Juventus, I think, is something that has to be taken for sure. seriously. And teams like Milan and Inter and Roma, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're teams that should be competing in Europe on a regular basis. There's, there's sure. no question. Um, Napoli, absolutely, they had the possibility to uh, to go further in, in Champions League. Um, but... Yeah, they're, they're, they're teams that need to, to figure out how Juventus did it and, and follow in their footsteps. And it's, they know that it's possible and they, they're, they're the teams that can really compete with the Premier League teams at the moment. Yeah, it, yeah. Spain, you've got Barcelona and Real Madrid and then really not much else after that. They're the ones that are just constantly up there, PSG in France and mm-hmm. Bayern Munich. Um, but we can't just be a one-team country. Like It can't yeah. just be... Juventus, that there has to be other influences. And I think uh, TV money is one thing, but, you know, Juventus have shown that they can still do it without TV money. And obviously the stadium is a big influence, marketing. Yeah. And, yeah, they need to invest and, yeah. and figure out how to how to tap into that cash cow. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know what? The management's a big problem too because you look at Napoli with Aurelio Di Laurentiis, um, and you look at what, like, he's kind of a, uh, I don't know, he, he's decent, but uh, the way he conducts business is a bit odd, I'd say. And, very, yeah. He and, makes sure his money's there. Like, he's very worried about his money because he yeah. owns his body. He's on he owns his body, too, yeah. But, like, the issue is, he's also a, pro- isn't he a, a film producer? Yeah, that's yeah. what he, yeah, there's yeah. film producer. Yeah. yeah, isn't he, isn't he, did he produce Gomorrah or no? Did he help produce Gomorrah? I thought I, he, I think. Sky, something with Sky. Oh, um, so anyway, with Napoli, I don't know, Marco, I don't know if you saw who Napoli signed, Oshiman from Ligue 1. Ligue 1. Uh, they, they, they're signing him for, uh, Di Marzio confirmed it, that's in, mm-hmm. in closing. Um, they're signing him for like 70 million euro. Wow. Um, and, and the rumor has it is that Gattuso might take a pay cut to help pay for the transfer. Yep. And... That's just like that, that. just can't happen at a like that. Mm. Not, that doesn't happen. And like, you think Chelsea? You think Frank Lampard is taking a pay cut to pay for Timo Werner? No. Um, it, it's just kind of tough. Like, I just think just to, to respond to what you're saying about these teams, right? Like, how can you compete with the big teams when stuff like that's happening? You know, like it's just like okay, obviously, either either the president, the owners being cheap, or the money's just simply not there. I, I don't know it. And even when you look at Milan with the Chinese ownership, Marco, I'm sure you remember this, mm. you know, look how much money we invested there, but the money was, we used money that we didn't have. It was crazy. Um, and, and that's why I think, and, and now with Roma, with, with uh, Palota, there's a lot mm-hmm. of issues there too, right? Tons of issues there. So I think, and Juve, obviously with the Agnelli family, I know I, I'll, I'll always say, I mean, I know you can, but I, as a fan, I can say that I feel like they're a bit corrupt, but I can say that. Um, but obviously they're, they're financially very well off, right? They own Fiat, I believe. Um, yeah. They're, they're well off. They don't have any, they don't struggle with, with financial stuff. 
obviously they were able to spend, I think it was a hundred million, not including wages on Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of factors involved. I mean, they've been able to capitalize on opportunities that have been given to them and whether or not those opportunities were, as you say, maybe, you know, all above board, that's uh, for somebody else to, <laughs> to, to discuss. But, you know, it goes back, you know, to when the Dele Alpi, the old stadium, was um, was replaced by yeah. the, what's now known as the Allianz Stadium. I mean, the, the, those those kind of things that Juventus were able to capitalize on and, and they made the most of the situation. But, yeah, mismanagement is something that's followed Italian clubs around quite a bit. Um, yeah, and Milan hasn't, uh, can't exclude them from that list. No, so, and yeah, 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 something, something needs to change. Uh, let's just look forward to a, 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 you know, the future. Now, the San Siro yeah. is, uh, is another issue that, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, I wanted to ask your thoughts about, and obviously, this is just an opinion thing. It has nothing to do with, like, what do you think about, like, do you think we should have, like, the Milan should should renovate San Siro, or do you think it's a good idea to build a new stadium with, with smaller, was I think 60K, I think they said, around 60? Do you think it's I a think good 60, idea? yeah, 60, 65 would be a good number as long as you can host the Champions League final. Um, yeah, so, yeah, true, true. There's a lot of money in that, right? A lot of money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's also... Uh, it, it's a it's a very difficult subject. I know there's a lot of emotion around the Sun yeah. Zero and and what it means to a lot of people. And and I've been, I've been, yeah, it's yeah, amazing. yeah. Amazing. It, it'll be something definitely missed if you just go there and you you don't see anything anymore. That that's something that I would really be against. So I yeah. think that if the project involves keeping even you know a structure or an ex- part of it outside, you know, it just gives you some idea of where it was, what it was, just some kind yeah. of a. Um, an idea that that's where it was and what it, you know because you don't want to, you don't want to lose it completely. But oh, I, I understand yeah. that you can't renovate it, and if you can't renovate it, you need a new one. And if you need yeah, it, yeah. you know, so modern day stadiums. Uh, I've been very fortunate to have visited quite a few, and and there's nothing you know you can't compete. Not They're the brilliant. same. It's not the same. <laughs> but I could. No, I think we are all fortunate that us three had been there. A lot of Milanese, they haven't, but we're very fortunate. And uh, it's a great stadium, but we'll see what they yeah. do. I do. But a lot, of, a lot of people say that it was great before, you know, Italia Novanta when they put the third ring on it. You know, yeah. they, they remember that part of the San Siro, you know, and yeah. then ever since it's been different. So, you know, yeah. different people have different perspectives. And my and, name was actually to that stadium, the one that you mentioned, Marco, before the, the renovation and all that. And he said it was great, even though. It was smaller, but he's like, the atmosphere was incredible. It was nothing like it. His favorite player was uh, Rivera at the time. So and he was just, he loved it. But I do want to ask, I want to bring this up right now. Last show, we talked about uh, Pioli Maldini and their future. Because right now, it's there's a lot of question marks. And we don't know what's going to happen. And uh, I just want to get your thoughts on, like, Pioli, is he going to stay, you think? Or Maldini is going to leave? So what do you think is going to happen? Because me personally, I do. I, I it's going to hurt me to see Pioli leave. I really like Pioli. I think he has done a great job. And if he leaves, I think we're going back to square one. Yeah. Like, you know, having a new coach, starting up, creating you know relationships with the players again, getting to know them. It's just going to be a whole process. That's why I think keeping Pioli is really key to the team. And also, what we've seen from the transfer window, the signings that Maldini has brought in, Theo, Benasser. We got Rebic, 
uh, Liao, all these other guys, like they really made an impact on the team. So to let go of Maldini is another factor, and we're going to lose a lot. So I think we need to keep Maldini and Pioli because I think they have done a great job. And a lot of people saying like two years ago, last year, whatever, to get rid of Maldini. And I'm like, you know what? You can't just say that, that you know, very soon because you got to give someone time. And we did give them time. And we saw, especially now, that Pioli, Maldini have been doing a great job. So I just want to see like what you guys think. Like keep Maldini, keep Pioli. Like what do you guys say? Um, yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> so yeah, no I, I got to say, the last uh, you know six weeks, I guess, since the post lockdown start of the season, has changed so much for Milan. And uh, if they had this idea of bringing in Rangnick before, um, I think it's going to be very difficult, but not impossible for them, you know, to to keep along that path. But I, apart from the Pioli Rangnick thing, I think if you look at Maldini, like. What, they knew what they were doing when they got Maldini in there in For the first sure. place. The type of person that he represents, you know, the type of person that he is, the, uh, is, is an institution for the club. He is somebody that would, you know, he doesn't want to be there as just an icon. He said that many, many times. He doesn't yeah. want to be that ambassador role that, that you mentioned earlier that Barresi was. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to have some absolute input into how the club is run and, he, and you know, be, be that as a, as a sporting director or... You know, he's enjoying his, his, his top floor office uh, in the in the in the <laughs> Milan building. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So in Casamila. So I mean, he um, if he feels that that's not going to happen, if he feels that the new that the ownership or the whoever it is, uh, Gazidis, um, aren't prepared to to keep him in as 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 a as an influence for the club, then and surely that's also going to be filtered down to, to Pioli and some of the players. I think it's gonna it's gonna be a very negative effect on Milan, considering where they are at the moment and what they've been able to achieve in these last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Pioli, you know, he's, every time he gets asked a question, you know, he's always trying to avoid it. But the one thing that he always, you know, does try to 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 put into those questions about his future is that well, it, it's not just going to be. The club that decides it's also going to be me you know where yeah. i'm going to make the decision you know this isn't you know I've, I've put my career out here i'm enjoying my time i'm concentrating on making sure that uh, you know we, we we get our objectives for the end of the season um but um but i don't know i don't really want to he says he doesn't really want to be at a team that has so much uncertainty around its yeah. future structurally well, uh, so yeah, yeah it, it is such a shame. It, it, you know, you, you feel for Milan because they're they're back. You know, they're playing great football. They're definitely one of the teams that are in, in top form, along with Atalanta and Sassuolo after this post lockdown part of the season. And yeah, they and then this, this, the new season will start so quickly. You know, the, the, oh, it's off of September. Quick they're they're not going to have much time, so they they need to to get their act together yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think Pioli would love to be able to have a, a pre-season with his team as well and be able to select the players because it all co- also comes down to his influence and who the players you know he wants and all that kind of stuff so if, if he gets an opportunity from another side another team I'm sure they're all knocking on the door right now if they feel that Pioli is, is going to be leaving Milan so yeah. he'll have to make that decision. No but I totally agree I think I don't know. It's really it's a tough it's a tough situation, but I think I give great respect to Pioli. He's been such a, such a professional, such a signore. Um, 
during this time, right? Like I, like you said, he, imagine being a coach and the whole time from day one, because I think the Rennick rumors started before Christmas. Um, the day one, like since day one, you're trying to coach a team who was in trouble, right? With Gianpaolo, we, you can say we were in trouble. We were not, we did not look good with Gianpaolo whatsoever. And Pioli, you know, comes in and Rennick's talk. They're, they're talking about the new coach already while he's at the helm. Give the guy a chance. He's been such a professional. He hasn't complained. He just puts his head down and, and does his job, right? Um, and I give so much respect to him for that because he's, again, and look at now, after the restart, we look like the, we're, we're, us and Atalanta are the most informed teams in the league, has to be said. Um, we, out of, uh, well, we've played, how many matches we've played? I think, I think there's been 21 possible points. I think we've played, I think we played seven matches, right? Seven and yeah, you've got 17. You drew twice. Yeah, and yeah, drew, yeah. Drew, yeah, we drew twice. And yeah, exactly. So we've picked up, picked up 17 to 21 points. That's, that's like, that is, those are top three numbers, top two numbers, right? Like along a season, picking up 17 of the 22 points. If you like over a 38 game span, that's like a top three finish, right? So especially when you see teams like Inter falling and stuff like that and Lazio, who knows what's going on over there? They, they don't even want to play football anymore. I'm not sure what's going on with Lazio. They, yeah. haven't, won, they haven't won in four games. Yeah. They're only eight points back. Think about that. They so, tied Udinese at 0 0. I was like shocked. I'm like, because they could have won the Squidetto, no problem. Even sure. Inzaghi said the COVID, uh, you know, the break just ruined it. Did, it did. But yeah, but Simone Inzaghi's kind of makes excuses a lot. I agree. Yeah. He makes a lot. lot of excuses. But, they, yeah. team, they were amazing before. But the thing is, I think mentally they, they did not show up. Yeah. yeah. But in response to Marco about Pioli and, and whatever. So, you know, obviously, Marco, you've, you're living in Milan. You hear everything about Milan. How many, and you can answer this, how many new projects that we've had in the last five years? Four? Five? Right? Like, how many have you heard in the last, like, years? Yeah, yeah, there's been a lot. Yeah. So, so, and with Lazio, right? With, like, with Lazio, they finished behind us last year. They were, like, seventh, I believe. And look at now, right? But I, I feel like that's in thanks to the continuity with Simone Inzaghi. Um, I don't know, Marco, you, you guys both remember, but Marco for sure, because he follows the league um, for work. I don't know if you remember what Lazio hired Bie, uh, Bielsa. Biesla? Bielsa, what's his name? Biesla? Marcelo Biesla? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember he left like a weekend. He was done. It, it didn't happen. It fell through. I'm not sure what happened, but the, the contract, or I don't know if you remember that, but. He felt he he's not a coach anymore. So then they said, okay, I guess we'll go back to Simone and Zaghi, right? Like they were they were prepared to let him to move forward without him. And, and look what happened. Simone and Zaghi comes in and they get the continuity, and now they're gonna make the Champions League. Um, with this end, they could have sold Milinkovic Savage. They didn't sell Milinkovic Savage. Again, continuity, Luis Alberto, Immobile, they keep the same core and add to it players like Lazzari, who was like a star at Spal, great signing. I wish we had him. Um, and look at Lazio now. Like, obviously, they could have won the Scudetto, but even coming top three is a great... No one had Lazio in the top three this year at the beginning of the season, right? Who had Lazio in the top three? Um, it was I, mostly... I, I you know, be top three. I was thinking maybe Napoli being up there. Five. Yeah, yeah, top five. But maybe. I was very surprised. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we have a comment here. I don't know if you guys see on the screen. I think when Milan started talking to Ragnik, Pioli wasn't doing well. You're right. You're yeah. You're, you're right, Oluwale. You're right. But but P with time, Pioli started getting results after the new year when Rebic started coming in the team. 
after that, after we got killed by Atlanta five nothing, things changed. We won, uh, we tied a game against Tampa, which we should have won, and then we 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 won four four games in a row, I believe, four or five. Then we drew, and then we lost to Genoa before, with no fans before the before the restart. And we haven't. We've only lost two games in 2020. We lost um, against Inter when we blew a two nothing lead, which is very. Marco, you weren't on the call for that game, right? I no, so. no, no, no. I, I was at the game then. Yeah, you're at the game. Yeah, so that that was a huge collapse for us, right? That was a two nothing lead going in the halftime. That was that was bad. And Inter scored four goals, three goals. They, Inter basically did to us what we did to Juve, right? A couple weeks ago. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, they were very yeah. similar matches as far as yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then, and then yeah. we lost that one, and we lost to Genoa. That those are only two losses to 2020. And I think we've played. Um, Oh, I had it. I had it in front of me. I believe it was seven plus. I think it's thirteen games, thirteen matches. Let me see. Let me count here. On that number, yeah, yeah. One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Oh, sixteen games. So we've lost two in sixteen matches. In City A. Not a bad stat right there. It's pretty No, but isn't it isn't it crazy how you lose two out of sixteen, but you're still sixteen points away from a champions John Paulo, what he did in the beginning. If it wasn't for him, if we had purely from the start and the mentality what we have right now in the beginning, we could be probably two the second, third, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. At least top four. You know. Yeah. Well, well um I'll ask Marco this. Oh, Marco timed out. Oh, he timed out. Yeah, he'll come back. He'll come back probably. And we'll, um, so let's let's look at the chat. So although I said I'm sure the management see the team getting better, I'm sure they have put a lot of the running performance. Said the people said I want people to stay. Honestly, okay. Yeah, I think Marco's back. Marco, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah just dropped out for a second. No problem. Um, so uh, we're just talking. So we're just saying that um, obviously. You you know we're in such a good form in 2020, but the damage is already done with Gianpaolo at the beginning of the season. And and Marco, you remember when Gianpaolo came in, we played a four three one two with him, um, and we had Suzo as a trequartista, and we lost to Udinese with zero shots on target. And he said, "Okay, we're not going to do this anymore. No more four three one two. Let's go to a four three three now." So all the preseason we pr- we trained with a four three one two, and now he said, "Okay, scrap this. We can't do this anymore." Um, and it's just a, a huge crapshoot, I guess I'll use, um, for better language. Yeah. And, uh, and you invested a lot on Piontek as well. He was supposed oh to be the, the, the pistol, well, the, the real hard. gunslinger. It never hard. really happened. Did you, did you do any, any matches that Piontek scored in last year? Were you in any of those? Um, yeah, oh, plenty last season with, when he was with Genoa. Um, yeah, 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 with Genoa. Were you and in then when he, then he went, he kept scoring as well when he went across to Milan. I yeah, think. he did. He did. He scored. But, but, he had, I think he had like seven or eight games at one point. Yeah, he was scoring. Uh, he had two against at Atalanta, a big win at Atalanta last year. Yeah, beautiful. Win, yeah. Um, and it, yeah, I had I had him on my Fanta Culture team because because uh, I saw because I, I did a cup game when he was yeah. in Genoa and he scored like four in you know yeah. thirty minutes or something. <laughs> and yeah, I, you know I remember what? this guy. I think that was four against Lecce. I think it was against yeah. Lecce um, yeah. in the Coppa Italia. But yeah, um, it's tough. And Milan made some mistakes. Obviously, the, the issue is that you look at Piontek. I'd say that was a good purchase at the time. I was like, wow, we're getting Piontek. He's been so good for Genoa. And we're getting Piontek. And then he comes in and he scores two goals against Napoli in the Coppa Italia. And he's scoring. He scored against Roma. 
He scored against uh, Juve. He scored against uh, yeah. Atlanta twice. And I'm like, oh yeah. my god, like, this guy, this guy's the real deal. We finally found the guy. And then he takes number nine, which is cursed since since people in Zagi retired. He takes number nine and he can't score. He can't do anything. <laughs> it, it's a curse. Not a curse. It's a curse. Yeah, number nine. At this point, yeah. Yeah, so he started with with number nineteen this season. <laughs> yeah, he started. Yeah, he started number nineteen last year when he came when he came into Milan, and then because nine was uh, I think was nine taken. No, oh no, because Higuain was still on the team. He was getting sold, so he didn't. He couldn't take nine. But Higuain fell into that. Higuain was a good signing, in my opinion, too, at the time, and he looked good at the start. But then it just totally. Um, when he had, when he, I don't know if you remember the match against Juve when he got a red card for arguing with the referee. After that, he, after that game against Juve, he was, his brain was, uh, he was done. He, he didn't have any confidence in himself and he couldn't score anymore. And then he's been a journeyman. He went to Chelsea, went back to Juve, but I'm not even sure if Juve want him anymore. And it's kind of been a bit of a journey. But um, yeah, I think Milan need to relax and not make any harsh decisions this summer because continuity. I don't know if you heard me before you timed out, Marco, but I was talking about, I don't know if you agree with the Simone Inzaghi, Lazio, with the continuity. I don't know what you think about that, but I, I feel like that's what Milan need, continuity. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's important to have a, a coach uh, that sticks around. And I think um, in Serie A at the moment, I think no one has stuck, has, no one's got a, a coach who's been there as long as, as Simone Inzaghi right now. Um, um, I'm trying to think. I think uh, yeah, honestly, I Actually, how many years has these ads been at Sassuolo for? Maybe he, him. Uh, maybe could be. But like the top. Uh, but you're right, though. But Simone Inzaghi's been there for four years straight, for sure. Four years, four seasons, I believe. Which is a lot in City. And you know, and Michael, yeah. you, you, you announced some of the games. The, the smaller teams, it's like a revolving door of coaches sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, look, look at Genoa, they've gone through like four this season. How about Brescia? They went from they had um oh my god, what was his name? Who who started who was the coach? Um who was the coach at the beginning of the season for Brescia? What's it oh my yeah. god, what was his name? Uh, what was his name? Um I'm gonna I'm gonna find this out. No, it wasn't uh Marco, do you know who was the coach before you got fired? Um oh, was thinking. It? it wasn't oh, gee, oh, is it, it, no. who, who, was he bald? He was bald. What was his name? Yeah, I'm thinking. Is it Andrea Zoli? No, not Andrea no, Zoli. The no, guy, no, the no, former, no. the former general guy. Yeah, um, um, was I think the coach later on? No, okay. Uh, Ballard, Ballardini. Uh, I can't remember his name. Hold on, <laughs> I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, Corini. Oh, it was Corini. Oh, Corini. Eugenio Corini. Oh. Yeah. Got it. So, so it was so Brescia went Corini to Fabio Grosso, fired Grosso after two games. Yeah, back to Corini, and they fired him, and now it's Diego and uh, Diego Lopez. Yeah, so that, that, yeah. that's literally four co- four different coaching changes. And Genoa, Genoa loves the revolving door, and it's always better. Uh, it's better Dini right now, right? Taking his spot, it's better um, Dini. No, yeah, at the moment it's Juric. It oh, um... no, no, it's Nicola. Nicola. Oh, it's Nicola. David Nicola. You're right. You're right. Sorry, Juric. Yeah, yeah, I think Juric had Hellas Verona, who has been doing a great job too. Yeah. Right? Verona, but isn't it hilarious how these things yeah, are- no, consistency is, is definitely uh, a good thing when it comes to, to making sure that you at least stay in Serie A, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, and, 
you know what the problem is, right? Is that in in sports in general, any sport, a coach is hired to be fired, right? He's hired mm-hmm. to be fired. It, it's a shelf life, right? You're always gonna, the coach is always gonna wear off unless you're Arsene Wenger or Sir Alex Ferguson or something like that when you stay at the club for that many years. Um, but yeah, I think you know, I, I I tweeted this yesterday, but and Marco, you can disagree or agree. Um, I don't think I think we should have tried to keep Gattuso after last season. One, we finished one. Were you which match were you on in the last match day of Serie A last year? Do you remember? Mm. <laughs> last Good match question. Day, uh, were, you, were you in one of the games of Inter Milan or, or Atalanta? Uh, no, I know it wouldn't have been one of the big no. ones. Um, um, I can't remember. Yeah, because mm. because uh, that that was when so we beat Spal three two. We had to beat them. And oh, sorry. Atlanta were down to Sassuolo. Berardi gets a red card at halftime, and then they come back and win. Inter are playing Empoli at home. They mm-hmm. go up one nothing. Icardi misses a penalty. Empoli scores one one. And if if it stayed one one, Milan would have made the Champions League. And then Nangolan scored. I think with five minutes left. And then Empoli had like six different chances in the last three minutes to score and tie it up. And I think D'Ambrosio cleared one off the goal line acrobatically. And and that was basically like a D'Ambrosio clearance, basically prevented Milan from playing in the Champions League. So Gattuso always did a good job with the team last year, especially playing a four-three-three with no left winger. It was Chelanoglu, and he's not a left winger. Um, so I think we should have kept Gattuso for last season. And I, I fear, and, and again, I want to see your insight on this: that you know, getting rid of Pioli after good results is kind of the same thing as, as Gattuso walking last summer. It kind of reminds you, me. You can just see it, can't you? Like, you know, there won't be any uh, good results. You think it's going to happen all again. It'll just be uh, Groundhog Day for Milan. They'll, oh, they'll sack their coach and maybe get try and get Pioli back. <laughs> if he that's, hasn't what gone. I mean. that's what I yeah. mean. Honestly, I, again, Pioli, with, with what he's playing right now, I think that if we release him, there'll be at least seven City A teams interested in hiring him this summer. Um, I think that a perfect team for Pioli – if he did leave Milan, would be Torino because I don't think Longo's going to stay there. I, I think he's going to get. I think he's done for this season because Torino, Torino are in danger of relegation if they don't pick up points. Eh? It's I, Torino, I believe they're winning against Genoa right now. Oh, are they winning right now? I, I think I saw a notification that Bremer scored, but I didn't know. Yeah, well, one zero as of now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so one nothing. So they they have to pick up points because if Genoa beat them today, so say Genoa come back. Then that means Genoa would be uh, two points behind them, and then like like Torino would only be four points safe. And if they drop two matches, who knows, right? Um, but yeah, I feel like uh, there's a lot of question marks with Milan. I just hope we don't make but any. You, I mean, but you guys, what's your opinion? You you want to you want to see Pioli stick around? Yes, I do. One hundred percent Pioli. Yeah, I feel like like. Marco, do you know much about Rangnick? Have you do you know much about him at all? I don't. Uh, no, not really. No. See, that's the issue. And I don't know if you saw what Capello said. Did you see Capello's quote? He makes a good point, Capello. Did you see what he said, Marco, uh, in the newspaper yesterday? No, no. He said that if Milan bring in Rangnick, he's never been in the league before. You're basically sacrificing another year because that's another year of growing with Rangnick because he's never been in the league before. Mm. Which I can't, I I can't say I, uh, I I disagree with that because I agree because Rennick doesn't know City A. He he doesn't know City A. Like what what would he know about Calcio and and the league? And he doesn't even know like he I don't think he even speaks Italian. Apparently he's doing lessons right now. So tell me, 
I don't know. Tell me how that's going to work right away. He's going to come in and just start producing results on results. It, it feels like a Giampaolo situation all over again. Um, again, and of course, me and like Marco here, we're diehard fans. So whatever happens, we'll support it. We're not going to boycott. If, if we haven't boycotted the club yet after the poor results of the last Probably. eight years, we never will. Um, Probably even if they go to City of B, we'll still support them. Yeah, them, even if we go to City of B, we'll, we'll support them. Um, so I just want to know you guys' predictions. We got Bologna, right? Suazolo, Atalanta, Sampdoria, and Cagliari. So how many points uh, would you say we pick up from all those games? So what? There's 15 points available, right? 15 points? Uh, 15, yeah. Um, I'm not going to go predictions on the games because they literally can go either way. Uh, I'm going to say – I'll say that a top six finish to get in the top six. I know well, the seventh, if we come seventh place, we'll make Europa League because Napoli won the Coppa. Yeah. Um, my prediction, I'll go first, is that I'll say we pick up 9 out of 15 is my prediction, which wouldn't – I think 9 points would be okay-ish, depending on what Napoli needs to do against the harder games. But uh, Napoli and Roma, sorry. Um, I'll say 9 points. Marco, what do you think? Um, yeah, tough. Tough. <laughs> um, because I, I, think, I think you'll beat Bologna. I think Sassuolo is going to be difficult. Um, but I still think you can beat Sassuolo and then Atalanta is uh, yeah. Yeah, difficult. Yeah. So, so I think if the momentum that you'll have into the Sassuolo game, if you beat Bologna, is going to be vital. So right. I'm going to – so six – I don't know. I, I can see them getting 12 out of the 15 with just that hiccup with Atalanta, which, you know, we'd – Definitely see you guys finish top five. Yeah, yeah. We we could beat Kayedi. Like they're in a they've ever since the new year, they totally dropped off. They were in the top five for a long yeah, but time. Sampdoria and Cagliari won't have anything to play for. No, nothing. Oh well, yeah, because I think Sampdoria is safe now after the win. Yeah. My main concern is just Bologna, Swazolo, and Atalanta. Those teams yeah. I'm just worried about them. Like even if we draw or I, me personally, Atalanta, I won't be surprised if we lose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a draw, honestly, to get a draw against Atalanta would be a good result. If we were talking five years ago, we want to beat them. But now, Atalanta is such a strong team that a draw is a result that I'd be content with. Just like a draw against Napoli, I wasn't mad at all. Um, But yeah, we'll see. We've been talking for, you know what, this this has been an amazing conversation. Uh, honestly, this has been great. We've, it, I guess, time flies, and you're having a. I guess I, I could talk culture all day, realistically, but um, yeah, it's been fun. Thanks yeah, for having Marco, me on, fellas. We'd love to have you on uh, another time if you like. We, you know, uh, a couple guys in the chat we're talking to, so they obviously like when we were talking about. So, Marco, you're welcome anytime. I'll be in touch with you then. Um, it's been a pleasure, Marco. Uh, thank you for your thoughts, and uh, really, I, in America, we don't have uh, the zone. We use uh, ESPN Plus, but I definitely have to check you out more, and uh, you really have great insight about the games in Milan. So, thank you so much again. Uh, yeah, Marco. Absolute pleasure. Great. Thanks Thank a lot, fellas. Awesome, awesome. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you later. All right, guys. Sports of Milan. Yeah, bye. Sports of Milan. Ciao, guys.